You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hoosiers, to Locked On Hoosiers, your daily source for IU Athletic News. It is a far more joyous mood for us this week as the Hoosiers come away with a big victory over Idaho in their home opener on Saturday, and we will have tons to talk about from that game. Before we jump into that, I am your host as always, Jacob Rude, and we have so much to cover both for Saturday's game and for the week ahead. As we talk about IU football, you guys should know that there is simply no better place to get all the news for the Big Ten Conference than with Nate Dickinson and the Locked On Big Ten Podcast. Follow the Locked On Big Ten Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Today, we will do our regular 3 by 3 I'm still still working on a name there. I don't know if that's one that'll stick, but it's our regular recap episode we will have where we will look at three takeaways, three notable plays, and three notable players. That'll be, uh, as I said, weekly. Give you a little rundown of what each week is going to be like now that we're in a more consistent pattern. Tuesdays will be uh, with Jared, who you guys met on Friday. We'll get our last thoughts on the the previous game on Saturday and transition into looking ahead for the next week. Wednesdays will be a bit of a catch-up episode with all IU athletic news, whether it's soccer uh, recruiting news for basketball or swimming, as is the case last week. Thursdays will either be a crossover episode or a preview for the upcoming opponent. And then Fridays will get you guys all the information you need. We have another avenue that you can take in all that information. Our YouTube channel will be up and running this week. Uh, I did not have time to set it up this weekend, but it will be up this week. So be on the lookout for that and be sure to head over, head on over there and subscribe once we get that up. As always, uh, if you haven't already, subscribe to Locked on Hoosiers on whatever platform you use to listen to your favorite podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers. I'm going to, as well, start doing a weekly uh, kind of film thread for for the football games. I'm going to typically do them on Sunday. Basketball games, I will get a little more in depth because honestly, I know more about basketball than football, but that will be way down the road. But be sure to follow along there if you haven't already. Follow us on Instagram at Locked on Hoosiers. Let's jump into it because, like I said, we have a lot to cover and I'm going to try to get to all of it. But the basics for those that missed it IU wins on Saturday 56 to 14 against Idaho. Scored the first 35 points of the game and, in all honesty, kind of took their foot off the gas, which can't necessarily blame them. The Memorial Stadium kind of emptied out a bit at halftime. They were about 90 seconds away from holding Idaho to without a first down throughout the entire first half, so really the result was never in doubt in the second half. But there are certainly still some things to discuss from that game. If we're going to look at the first takeaway, though, I rewatched the first half on Sunday. Uh, I did not want to sit through that second half again, if I'm being honest. But the first half, man, this defense is absolutely elite. Uh, Tom Allen talked before the season about wanting this to be a top 10 defense. That was a lofty goal, but 
this that might be an achievable goal. Obviously, this was an FCS opponent. Idaho certainly struggled and certainly looks uh, a ways off from anything else we will see the rest of this season. But those first five Idaho drives, they had absolutely nothing going. This defense is able to create pressure from anywhere, and I think that starts with an improved defensive line. Ryder Anderson and Weston Kramer, both transfers that we talked a lot about in the preseason and during fall camp, have been immense through the first two weeks. Ryder Anderson has been one of the best defensive players, period, let alone on the defensive line. You have two incredible linebackers, Micah McFadden and Cam Jones, were all over the place at the start of that game. And then we've talked a lot about this secondary, a versatile secondary. The team was led in tackles on uh, Saturday by Taiwan Mullen. It's a secondary that can do whatever you need or ask of it to do. But really, probably what deserved to be the first takeaway was what a night for the special teams for the Hoosiers. Rarely, when you talk about special teams being good, it's usually kind of more subtle things. Rarely is a special teams performance as thoroughly dominant almost as uh, this one was. You don't really call special teams dominant, but the Hoosiers were great in all facets, save maybe for punting. They blocked a punt, returned it for a touchdown. They had a punt return for a touchdown that we'll talk about later. They nearly had a kickoff return for a touchdown. They had a couple of huge returns. One of them was uh, pulled back by a player continuing to play without a helmet, which I understand the rule, but that was one I had not heard before. And then they really didn't allow any kind of returns uh, from Idaho on kickoff returns on the night. Just an incredible performance. It really made the stats look a little wonky, which we'll talk about. But uh, Idaho basically was level on offensive yardage with the Hoosiers, but that was because the uh, special teams was setting up IU with short fields or just not giving them a chance to get any yards at all on the night. So what a performance by them and uh, Coach Casey Teagarden. As positive as the night was, though, 56 points, dominant display, a huge crowd, especially the student section, who has seemed to fully bought in. 47,000 is the uh, announced attendance. A, a great way to open the season. But it, it'd be hard not to talk about some one of the probably most concerning things from this game, is that, and that is that the offense still doesn't look right. Uh, like we said, they had short fields. Uh, so it didn't, it, it made the stats look odd, but uh, it was, it was just a weird night for the first team offense when Penix was in there. Uh, and I think a lot of it stems from the offensive line still needing a ton of work to do. There was more good, which you would expect facing Idaho instead of Iowa, but there's still lots of bad on the night. Uh, they changed things up. Bedford moved to right guard, Cam Jones to right tackle. But there's still issues. They moved uh, Michigan transfer Zach Carpenter in at center with the starters at one point, trying to get some answers. I'm not going to single anybody out. One, because I just don't want to do that. And two, I don't know uh, football well enough to know exactly where the problems are coming from. But it's, I mean, honestly, the whole offensive line looked overwhelmed at times. There were times Idaho was just bullying them with four-man fronts, which cannot happen and their kind of inconsistency is causing issues I think for Penix who can't really trust that his line is going to hold that leads to some fire feet scenarios where 
Um, he's here in footsteps and isn't willing to stand in the pocket, basically. So that offensive line to me was still one of the the biggest things that needed work done coming out of this. Michael Pinnock still has some some issues. There was, again, like the offensive line, more good, still some bad, especially as the game went on. It looked like he got worse, not better necessarily, but there were still a lot of things. There were some really good throws there. The throw to Swinton for the first passing touchdown was an absolutely perfect throw. The back shoulder throw to Freifogel for his second passing touchdown. Again, that's the type of throw you only make with a receiver that you have terrific chemistry with. But it's there were still some some missed uh, passes. Just He just doesn't look right right now, basically, which you can kind of understand given some of the, the rustiness he needs to shake off, some spotty offensive line play, having a bunch of new receivers out there, but... They don't really have a lot of time to get it right, so it's going to be interesting to see how quickly he can shake off that rustiness and look more and more like the Michael Penix we saw last season. There was a specific play he had and a call he made that we will discuss as one of the notable plays from uh, Saturday's game, but first, before we jump to that, I want to let you guys know about a new type of daily fantasy sports. Have you heard about prize picks? Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this and I know you will too. So prize picks offers you every sport you can think of NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA. I know WNBA is on there. Esports are even on there. There's some Valorant I saw as well. PrizePix offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you might not have even heard of. PrizePix offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns to even interceptions thrown or if you just want to do it a little more simply and just do fantasy score that offers that as well. We will have some special offers coming soon on your first deposit, but if you guys want to download the app now, take a look at it. I was playing around on it today. Uh, You can basically pick anywhere from two to five players and an over-under on their projections for any of those stats we listed before. You can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. They also allow mixed sports entries, so say maybe later in the year, you like Michael Penix's over on yards and Trace Jackson Davis's over on points. You can throw that in the same entry and take the over on both of them and see how it plays out. One of the other things I like is you can do an entry with multiple uh, players. So say you do four players, you can do kind of a flex option where you get a payout if you hit three of them or just two of them. Because really there's nothing worse than having multiple legs to a bet and missing out on only one of them and losing out on all the money. So it offers that kind of safety blanket as well. So go use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com or go to the App Store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. So all three plays that we're going to talk about today came from the first half, not simply because that was the half that I rewatched on Sunday, but 
that was the half where it felt like both uh, the offense and defense were in the groove and special teams. We'll have a, a play about that too. So, but that just felt when they were in the groove the most, especially that first basically 28 minutes, uh, right when it seemed like the Hoosiers were going to go into the half up 35 nothing. First play I want to talk about was one related to Penix that we said before the break, but it was a play on the first drive. It was a third and five, eight minutes and 42 seconds left. That first drive was methodical um, as kind of powerful at times as I've seen IU look uh, in the last couple of years. There were a couple big power runs that they had that the offensive line did get a decent push on. Uh, but this specific play, it looks... It's kind of hard to tell just the way IU gets the play in from the sideline, but it looks like Pinnock's audibles after he sees a blitz coming right up the middle. And the play he audibles to is a wide receiver screen that goes to Freifogel. I think a, this is basically indicative of where the Hoosiers are offensively because there is a blitz up the middle. The middle of the field is wide, wide open. The audible was perfect because Freifogel catches the pass and he has daylight to run into, except offensive lineman Caleb Jones is there, who tackles him at the first down marker. He didn't actually tackle him, but he was 100% in the way, and the Hoosiers nearly didn't even get a first down on a play that, if they're, in a lot of other scenarios, we'll say, might go for six points, because it was an absolutely perfect audible, absolutely perfect play call, and uh, Freifogel had a ton of space to run, but... I just thought that was kind of indicative of where we are offensively. Penix and Freifogel are on the same page. I think Penix still needs to build a rapport with uh, his other wide receivers. We didn't really see Hendershot uh, much on Saturday, and we haven't seen the receivers in the passing game yet. So uh, the the Hoosiers, or excuse me, Penix still needs to kind of get some trust built with the rest of those guys, but. The offensive line just kind of getting in its own way at times is frustrating and the biggest thing holding this Hoosier offense back right now, I think. The next play that I thought was a huge play on the night was that aforementioned sack strip fumble by Micah McFadden on the second drive. If you watch that drive, uh, (laughs) McFadden lived in the backfield. Uh, the, the play before, he was in the backfield um, for a tackle for loss. Through the first, I want to say about three, maybe four drives, Idaho was at about, I think, negative six, negative seven yards. There was a, It felt like for a moment there was a chance they may go into the half with negative yardage. It didn't happen, but uh, that I, I don't want to use the word suffocating because it feels like there's a different way to describe this IU defense almost swarming at times but on this play McFadden goes entirely untouched on a blitz really bold strategy uh, by Idaho nobody uh, accounts for him on this blitz Ryder Anderson has or runs a little stunt on the defensive line he gets to the quarterback virtually untouched there's kind of a last gas block attempt that doesn't do anything and those two kind of meet at the quarterback for a lot of the first half, it looked like the Hoosiers were playing a game of who could get to the quarterback first, and at times there were as many as four guys <laughs> getting to uh, the quarterback. They were It was Beaudry and C.J. Jordan taking snaps throughout the first half for Idaho. It was a race to get to them, uh, but McFadden ultimately gets the sack, strip, fumble, 
And it's Weston Kramer picking up the fumble. One of the other transfers who has been a huge boost to the Hoosiers uh, through these first two games defensively. Really, I think it was... We talked on Friday about kind of taking advantage. I think we actually talked on Thursday about taking advantage of the atmosphere that was going to be there and jumping out fast. We saw what happened when the Hoosiers played at Iowa and they got behind early and were just flustered and could never get their feet going. Uh, That was what happened against or for Idaho. And that was what the Hoosiers needed to do. You get that strip fumble. It sets up a short field that the that Penix hit Swinton for the touchdown pass on. The crowd's loud. Uh, Tom Allen talked about the crowd afterwards, and rightfully so. And it was just a huge momentum boost, and you felt from that moment on there was no chance IU was losing this game. And, I mean, you saw immediately after that play that the, the Hoosiers went right to the student section yelling at them. What a great atmosphere, and honestly, it makes me more excited for Saturday's game against Cincinnati because it should be an even better atmosphere. The last play, I think, is obvious, and the best play, most exciting play of the night is that punt return from DJ Matthews. He really started to assert himself. It was a rocky first game. He had a couple. He was involved in a couple of uh, the really bad plays. He was the one that had the ball slip through his hands for the pick six against Iowa, but boy, did he make up for it on Saturday. That punt return, man. First, uh, Idaho basically outkicked the coverage. And it was a booming punt that went from the end zone to about the 19-yard line, I think. But the downside was it allowed DJ Matthews to kind of get some speed. He switched the field. I don't know if he intentionally did this to allow the blockers to get set, but... It did. It allowed IU to get some blockers back, and it IU's blocking did set up kind of an edge down the sideline, but that was about 30% IU's blocking and about 70% DJ Matthews on that play, and that might even be generous to the IU blocking. Uh, he made a couple guys miss, just lightning speed down that sideline, cutting back. He did get a big block there before cutting inside and delivering a vicious stiff arm to finish off that run. That was as impressive a kickoff or excuse me, punt return for touchdown as I've seen in some time, let alone for uh, IU itself. And it at that moment felt like uh, there was no chance Idaho was even going to score in this game, let alone score twice. But not shockingly, a couple of those guys we just mentioned are some of the standout players from the night that we will dive into and give them the props that they deserve. It was a beautiful night on Saturday. Beautiful day, beautiful night in uh, southern Indiana. Probably wasn't a lot of sweating going on in the stands, but in case there was, uh, I have a product just for you guys for the next time you are down in Bloomington at Memorial Stadium. It's doctor-created, doctor-recommended sweat block wipes. Now, they sound too good to be true, but I promise you guys that they are not. The way they work is you take these sweat block wipes one night uh, before you go to bed. Just apply them under your arms. Let it dry out. Next morning, wake up, shower, go about your day, and you are set for the next seven days to just not have to worry about sweat, that embarrassing sweat. There's nothing worse than going out and being with some friends at a bar 
watching the game, something like that, go for a high five, and you have those embarrassing sweat rings under your arms. So get sweat block today. I've used it. I can promise you it's worked. I've put it to the test, and I have not had any problems. They have a dry shirt guarantee, so if it doesn't work for you, you can get your money back. If you guys are interested and want to try it out today, go to sweatblock.com. Use promo code Locked On to get 20% off. That's 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code Locked On. And while we're in the business of talking college football today, if you guys haven't, I've mentioned it before, if you haven't seen this video with Built Bar and the BYU football program, pause the podcast, go look at it real quick, come back. It is amazing. They gave uh, every BYU walk-on a scholarship. That is one of my favorite things to see in college sports. But Built Bar is a tremendous company that have some of the best tasting bars around. They have nine delicious flavors that range from coconut and coconut almond to mint brownie and peanut butter brownie to cherry or raspberry, everything in between. Uh, If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you will get two of each. Not only are they great tasting, though, they're healthy as well. You're looking at 17 to 18 grams of protein, only 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. You have amazing flavors. You have tasty bars. They're healthy. There's really no reason not to order today. Head on over to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Let's finish up today by talking about some of the standout players. Like I mentioned, it was a weird game statistically because the Hoosiers kept having short fields. Uh, In terms of total offense, the Hoosiers had 338 to 261 from Idaho. They actually outpassed the Vandals did, the Hoosiers, but only had 65 net rushing yards to the Hoosiers, 179. But as we started off this show talking about the defense, there's a couple of defensive players that deserve the kudos. Uh, Micah McFadden, for me, I... I wrote down his name without looking at his stats. He ultimately finishes with three tackles, two tackles for loss, a sack, and a forced fumble. He basically statistically did all of his work in the first two drives, but he was everywhere on Saturday. He was jumping off the film. You could see him flying around, getting involved in every play, creating havoc. I know that's the the buzzword IU likes to use. He is an unbelievable talent, worthy of the All-American honors he received in the preseason. If he keeps playing like this, it is going to be postseason All-American honors as well. But he absolutely is the first name I wrote down on this list. The other one is his uh, partner there in the middle of the defense in Cam Jones, who also had an incredible night. He had one tackle for loss. He had the other sack coming late in the second quarter, I believe. Um, the Hoosiers only had two sacks on the night. They came from their two linebackers. Cam Jones just came on kind of the, it was the double a gap blitz that Tom Allen is known for. It was him and Marcelino McCrary ball blitzing right up the middle. And they were able to, uh, bring down Beaudry for the loss on third down, if I recall correctly, but he ended up with five tackles 
on the night. One That one tackle for loss being the sack. On the offensive side of the ball, we haven't talked about him. We probably should have, and maybe we will tomorrow with Jared. But Stephen Carr, again, had a pretty solid performance for the Hoosiers. I almost mentioned him last week, and I didn't just because I was so frustrated with what the offense did. I almost mentioned him in this place on last Monday's show. But on this week, on this Saturday, he finished with 22 carries, 120 yards, and one touchdown. He looked a lot more like the guy we kind of expected the Hoosiers to have. He had a, he broke off a couple big runs. Uh, one of his first runs of the game went for, I think, 18 yards. He had a 26-yard run. Uh, he was really impressive. And honestly, at times, I think he makes this running game work because he's able to just run through tackles and get through the first line that sometimes is in the backfield. It was a lot like Stevie Scott in the years prior where he was so big that he was able to break those first initial tackles and make the offensive line look better than it than it was at times last season. Uh, I know last year wasn't great for the offensive line, but uh, on Saturday, Stephen Carr looked really good, so wanted to give him some kudos as well. That wraps it up for today, guys. We will be joined tomorrow by Jared. Hopefully that show will be on YouTube. We will see how how I go on Monday and how I uh, get that set up, whether we want to start that right then. But we we have tons to talk about. We're going to be facing a top 10 ranked team in Memorial Stadium on Saturday. If that doesn't get you excited for IU football, then I don't know what will. So we have a ton to talk about ahead of this Cincinnati game on Saturday. Be sure you are tuning in all week. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast, following us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers. Leave a rating and review on the podcast while you are over there. And take a listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast as well, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Uh, They will give you the daily picks, the blowout specials, the wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag or wherever you get podcasts. Have a great Monday, everyone. Hopefully it is a better start to your week because of the Hoosiers this time around and L-E-O.